All right, we're back here from the Roundup Conference in Vancouver with the Association for Mineral Exploration. Happy to welcome in a group of individuals from Black Wolf Copper and Gold. They trade on the TSX Venture with BWCG and also on the OTC in the U.S. with BWCGF. Um, three individuals. I'm going to lend it over to you, Rob. You're the CEO of the company. You wanted to bring in two people to kind of more or less an introduction, but also kind of why these people mean so much to you, uh, the Niblack project, and also as you continue to explore the, the other properties you recently brought into the portfolio. So take it away, my friend. Uh, well, thank you, Trevor. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I must say that you're much more handsome in real life than uh, you, you are virtually. So we're all pleasantly surprised. But th thanks for having the team. Uh, myself, I'm the CEO of the company. Uh, Rob McLeod, I'm uh, born and raised in, uh, in Stewart, British Columbia, as many of your listeners know. And, and uh, you know, throughout my 25 career, I've had ups and downs, had a lot of success. And actually, most of my success has been with uh, uh, my reunited colleague, Jody Gibson, who today we put out the news that he is our new Vice President of, uh, of Exploration, uh, and also one of the top up-and-comers in, certainly in Golden Triangle uh, Exploration community, Haley McIntyre, who uh, everything that she does, uh, she ends up being one of the best in the province at, and is a, a tremendous creative uh, 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 scientist that you know is part of having a really well balanced team. You know, Jody and I worked together um, for Full Metal Minerals, uh, but our, our biggest success came with the discovery of the white gold deposit uh, in uh, in the Yukon with Underworld Resources, which was uh, subsequently sold to Kinross. So. We've, uh, we've had a real special uh, technical chemistry and I'm very pleased to be working with them again. Uh, it's, so it, it's interesting that your relationship goes, goes back quite a while actually. But actually, I, it's a funny story and I think it's worth sharing is you used what was at the time a new technology to make a connection. Yeah, in, back, back in 2007, it, like that was, hey, in in my career, that was probably you know peak hot mining market, and uh, so my my company was working up in Alaska, and we had a lot of projects, and you could not find technical people. You know it's busy now, but you can still typically find junior geologists. You couldn't find you know anybody to geotech to move core boxes around. So uh, I was flirting with this uh, this new uh, website called MySpace. <laughs> And I went to, there's like, you know, pages or groups or something like that. And uh, there was one that was like geology, like something that broad. And of course, you know, it's generally younger people that embrace new, uh, new platforms. And I was like, hey, are there any geologists out there that would like to come up and work in Alaska? And, uh, and we got three applications uh, and two of which ended up being, you know, inclu including Jody. You know, coming from often from non-core mining backgrounds or geological backgrounds, uh, uh, joined up, came up and and worked with me for 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 years and years. But like you know, back then it was either word of mouth or call universities or advertising the Northern Miner. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, we, uh, uh, I'm very proud of that story. I think my 
my uh, profile still out there somewhere inside. So, so, so looking back, so Jody was your second friend on MySpace. Your first one being the guy Tom, the founder oh, that everybody geez. was friends with. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he was. He, 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 he didn't want to go to Alaska. He was a friend. No, no, I, yeah, he wasn't qualified. At least Jody had a uh, had a master's degree and was just starting his PhD on Alaska gold projects. But then he liked money much more. A lot of students are pretty starving, and then yeah, you, uh, hey, jo- you can get paid. Jody, let's uh, let's turn over to you. Just kind of give us your thoughts, or you know, kind of rundown of working with Rob back in the day, two thousand seven, hot market, going to Alaska, doing exploration work. Uh, you know, what have you been doing for the last fifteen years, and why did you come back? Right on. Well, it's uh, you know, when I first joined Rob, I was uh, Colorado State working on my PhD in East Central Alaska, and there's actually another grad student, Elizabeth, who brought the MySpace thing to my attention. That would have, oddly enough, been around Roundup in 2007. And uh, so I sent him an email and sent him my resume, and he was like, hired. Wow. So uh, next thing I know, I'm making plans to fly up to Alaska, you know, totally green, but start off on our Lucky Shot project, uh, uh, logging core. And uh, before I knew it, had control of the, the core shack and working on cross sections and... Uh, yeah, Rob offered me a, a full-time position, moved my wife and I to Vancouver. So we crossed the border on Christmas Eve in 2007 and uh, never looked back since. Hmm. So uh, yeah, worked with Rob the next year in Alaska out in the Kuskokwim and then uh, moved over to Underworld in 2009. And it was our, our first, fourth drill hole that year that uh, set the Yukon on fire. Started off a new staking rush and uh, Underworld raised a pile of money, drilled off a resource. and. Everyone knows the story, sold to Ken Ross, and then uh, continued to work with Rob on several companies within the group, uh, Greenland, Southeast US, Mexico, back to Alaska. But uh, that was uh, kind of 2014 when when the market started to die and uh, uh, ended up uh, hooking up with Sentara, and they had picked up uh, some of Sean Ryan's properties in the Yukon Mm -hmm. and needed someone to run them, so they brought me over and I managed projects for them in, in the Yukon and ended up working with them uh, throughout uh, the Western Cordillera from kind of Yukon down to Mexico, project evaluations, et cetera. And uh, I was with them for uh, a few years and then hooked back up with Sean Ryan. And uh, he was pitching this idea for taking all his property south of Dawson in the White Gold area and putting them in one company. So that was Proto White Gold. So I uh, first joined up with Ground Truth and then transitioned into to White Gold once they got up and running. And uh, we had uh, quite a successful few years. So ended up uh, not only expanding uh, uh, Golden Saddle, but making five new discoveries. And... Um, uh, you won yourself a Prospector of the Year I did. Award. Yep, got uh, awarded Yukon Prospector of the Year in 2020. But... Uh, um, Ended up needing needing to see something new. I'd spent a lot of time in the Yukon, so I wanted to see some uh, different rocks. So most recently, I've been working with uh, uh, John Robbins and the Discovery Group for K2 Gold. So uh, got got to see new things. Spent uh, most of my time in Southern California and Nevada, uh, yeah. working on sediment-hosted gold systems and, and seeing a different part of the world and different rocks. So this is so if we go take a step back now that you are with Black Wolf, you know the Niblack project. That's more VMS. What's your, um, you know what what's your experience with VMS deposits in your in your past? 
Uh, I would say not minimal. I've worked on, worked on a few, mm-hmm. but uh, you know the one thing with the mineral systems, and and I've worked on everything from structurally controlled orogenic style gold systems, uh, through porphyries, through every type of epithermal system. And what you see is when you've seen enough rocks and you've worked on on enough different things from depth to surface and in between, is they're all key relationships between the different styles uh, of deposits. And and so it's I have no reservations about working mm-hmm. on a quote unquote VMS system because all the mechanics are essentially the same. And it's uh, you're just looking at uh, different rocks, different layers, Different controls and and uh, and once you figure out those, it's it's pretty easy to follow the story. Yeah, yeah. Haley, let's turn it to you. Uh, let's and just let's again focus on Niblack for a moment. You know, what are you seeing at Niblack, and really, what has been so intriguing with what you're doing with your work there? I think for me, the most exciting thing is uh, the recent history of geological interpretation and some of the awesome geologists that were working there in the early. 2010s. So the last work that was really done there was in 2012, 2013. Um, Right around that time they were doing um, a bunch of age dating of the rocks on site and uh, the age dating came back and the entire stratigraphy of the system as they had known it was pretty much flipped on its head and so this entire previous interpretation they had of the system um, has been kind of renewed with a, a whole new concept and um, they they never went back and tested those theories. So there's a huge amount of unexplored potential ground where you see uh, the Niblack Felsic succession is the um, predominant kind of layer that we're looking for. It's a, a nice uh, Felsic package and yeah we have like five kilometers at least of unexplored Hmm. ground on the project because of these recent interpretations. So to me that's most exciting and there's been great geology done there in the past so we picked up some excellent data and um, yeah. Uh, Jody this is day one of the new of the new gig here Uh, you know but how how do you plan on kind of cutting your teeth? Haley just mentioned a reinterpretation of Niblack you know how how are you going to kind of get yourself up to speed with not only the old data but also the new data? Uh, well, it's uh, day one, but uh, <laughs> spending lots of time with uh, with Haley and the team, and that's uh, actually a blessing and part of the opportunity. And, and while I was excited to come over and, and join Black Wolf, is uh, I've had lots of time uh, either working on projects on my own or having to build a team from scratch. And we've got a good team, solid team, ready to go. And so, you know, from my perspective, it's getting up to speed on the interpretation, the geology, and then then working with Haley and, and company on, uh, uh, you know, kind of more mentoring and, and thinking about uh, bigger perspectives and, and how yeah. to connect dots. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I've really focused on in my career is taking big complex geological things, big complex databases, and simplifying them to the lowest common denominators. What are your main controls on mineralization? How do you vector to it? You know, how to do exploration and f- make discoveries and find results as cost efficiently as, as you possibly can with mm-hmm. the fewest steps. And uh, so yeah, super excited to, to dig in and start making that happen. Uh, Rob, you know, 
your experience with Roundup is extensive. It's always kind of like the kickoff to a new year, right, this conference. Um, so let's look ahead into 2022. Uh, you know, you, you finally got your camp going at Niblack. That took a little bit longer than you were and everybody else was anticipating, but it sounds like that's ready to go. So what are some those first key steps of what you you and the company are going to be aiming to get done here in the next few months? So, uh, well, the, actually the, the next big catalyst uh, isn't from the Niblack project, but from the Golden Triangle properties that we staked in 2021 on the Alaska side of the border. This Can Cantu? Yeah, the Cantu property, uh, Texas Creek, and the Casey property. So three claim groups that have essentially seen no exploration literally since the 20s and 30s. And this is right adjacent to you know, what has been, you know, for, for uh, getting to be pretty close to a decade, one of the busiest exploration areas on the planet. And uh, so we, uh, with, as for so many companies in the space, we have been literally waiting for assays from that program and this is what it like, and we're super excited because these are areas, like I know the Golden Triangle very well, and Haley's getting there too. You know, we went to areas with, you know, maps were completely wrong. Um, certain targets that we expected to see, um, uh, we, we, we didn't see. Instead, others that we had no idea were there. Hmm. Like our Cantu project, you know, this is next to a road that I've driven past at least 100 times and I had no idea that there's a 30 meter wide vein right adjacent to Ascot's premier project that um, you know had a, a history of small production in the 20s. I had no idea it was there. Aerial tram lines, really high grades, looked so good, we didn't even need to wait for assays, we started the permitting process. But that, as well as many other targets, and this thing about Golden Triangle, you get lots of sulfides, sometimes it runs, sometimes it doesn't. You just mm -hmm. have to sample, 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 sample. And that's and this was a program that Haley led. Uh, we are literally just getting the preliminary samples back. You can see it with ALS Chemex Labs, you can see what's coming in, no golds, just ICPs. So we are starting to get those assays in. But over on Niblap, where we need to, and this is part of Jody coming in, is uh, in terms of next steps, is uh, as part of a lot of the, the interpretation work that Haley and uh, as well as Marilyn Lacasse who's still sticking uh, uh, with us as a, as a consultant, she's going over to Strikepoint, mm -hmm. uh, who we share an office with, but we, uh, we were saying, you know what, um, instead of doing underground drilling, some of our best targets actually we should be testing from surface. You know, the, we, we were remarkably surprised how wide open the ore body is now particularly in light of the new interpretation Haley spoke of. So we are like, okay, how much money are we going to have or how much money are we going to raise and, uh, and where are we going to test? How, many, how much of our drilling is going to be resource expansion? How much is going to be testing these entirely new areas of prospective stratigraphy with no holes? Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are high risk, high reward targets. How do you balance that? So. You know, part of that in a couple of weeks, we'll all be out at site, and um, and we will, you know, put put our proposal together, take it to the board, and um, and uh, and announce to the world how we're going to, to grow it. We're also there's a lot of corporate development stuff that we're we're working on in addition to the existing properties to uh, 
to continue to be to grow or be accretive to the company. We're working on those as well. Uh, Rob, when it comes to equity management, that falls on your shoulders here. Correct. Um, you know, it, Blackwell's taken a pretty massive haircut from from its highs, and every you know that's no no surprise. A lot of people have. But you know, what do you need to do other than just you know technical results in the exploration field? What can what are something you're trying to do in 2022 to really kind of uh, call it a bounce or a rebound, but really kind of get more eyes and more investor dollars back into the stock? So, you know, I'm uh, getting to get a few years under my belt in terms of seeing ups and lows and, and flat markets. Usually when share prices start to move without without an immediate catalyst, like, a, you know, drill results, hot drill results obviously are ways that, that can get share prices to move. We already have substantial resources. And like, you know, you look at my previous company, IDM Mining, you know, during, and we had ups and downs. One of our up moves, there was like a two week period in 2016 that our share price went up 400% with no catalyst. What was it? Institutional investors recognized value and came in and bought. So the way to get off of a slide is, you know, catalysts are the best, but once you get the momentum going in that other direction, and there's lots of really, you know, uh, excellent successes over the past years, particularly in the copper space, that when investors start saying, and I do it as when I buy stock, this stock's trending up. This is cheap and it's going to go higher. I should be buying now. So usually it's when you least expect it, and it moves quickly. It's like stocks add like 5% a day for two weeks. That's where like, holy shit, this thing's double. Holy, this is double. And um, I don't need a so, <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I, I do think that the Hydra results will get us going in the right direction, but really what's going to get us moving is when we really get the big drill programs going. And what Niblack needs, you know, it needs like a 20,000 meter drill program. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I believe there's enough resource there to be economic today. But to, to really be able to make it sing, you know, adding another 50% uh, to the resource base, you would have a tremendous deposit. Yeah. Uh, Jody, my, my last question is for you, and I really just wanted to kind of focus on the exploring in the U.S. You've been working in Alaska for quite some time, both sides of the board. But with Niblack being on the Alaska side in the U.S., what is the um, the appetite for new mining projects, especially base metal projects, in the U.S.? Because it's hard to get a grasp on we're for it or against it. And I can say it because I'm American. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it kind of depends on which part of the U.S. you're in. And, uh, you know, one of the things, especially spending time down in uh, California and Nevada that that you're seeing is is an education process you know especially with the the Democrats in power and pushing the green revolution and green energy is that balance between the resources it's going to need to make that happen yeah. um, and so you know I would say there are some areas that are, are getting more and more off limits but it's opening up uh, other areas as well and I think Alaska is a, a prime area for development of new mines and new projects and and you know 
in the Niblack area, you know, just north of us, there's uh, Kensington, there's Greens Creek. So there's a history of mining in the area. Um, the logistics, the costs are known and, and the environmental impacts as well. So I think there's a baseline for us us to build from. And not only that is, uh, you know, Niblack itself is it's polymetallic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the key one being copper, especially for, for the green revolution, if you will. So that's kind of a, a solid baseline for us. Yeah, and you've, been, you've worked in, in states that is easy to get work done. You've worked in states that it's terribly difficult to get work done. Where does Alaska sit? Uh, I think Alaska sits uh, very near the top. Of getting stuff done? Yeah. Like uh, better than Nevada even? Uh, yeah, I mean, depending on, on where you're at in Nevada, yeah. it's uh, getting getting tougher there as well. Oh, very interesting. That, that's another topic for another podcast. <laughs> uh, Haley, uh, anything you want, any parting last words before we let, uh, let, let you all go? No, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. It was great to meet you. Yeah. And um, yeah, excited to see where things go for us in the next year. I think it's going to be a great one for yeah. us. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of work to do with yes. a couple projects. We now, do right? have we our work just... cut out for us, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, Haley, Jody, Rob, good to have you on the podcast. Enjoy the rest of the conference, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thanks, Trevor. And maybe we'll see you up in the Golden Triangle this year. I hope so. Let's, let's, let's get that done. All right. That's Black Wolf Copper and Gold trading on the TSX Venture with BWCG. Also on the OTC in the U.S. with BWCGF. We're going to take a short break and be back with some more from the AMEBC Roundup Conference. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.